We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, we're back with our old friend Chase Brown. This is, uh, I think, what, like the third time in the last year that uh, we've had Chase on, of course, with Notre Dame playing at Ohio State last year. We talked to him before that game. We talked to him back in the spring after spring practice wrapped up for the Buckeyes. He's from 11warriors.com. Chase, as always, good to have you. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm going to miss talking to you. You know, I say <laughs> yeah. it's not going to play Notre Dame anymore, and I know we no might have to check in just for us. just for the fun of it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe with the expanded playoff coming here in the near future, maybe they maybe they end up crossing paths again sometime soon. Who knows? Yeah, well, that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the fan bases might like it anyway. So, well, you know, last year's game was was really ultra hyped. I, I think in part because it started off the season and it had been so long since the two programs had played just in the regular season. It had been since 1996 and Notre Dame's played four games at this point. Ohio state's played three games. And I I don't know what it feels like from that side, but especially from a fan standpoint here, I mean, I think everyone's really kind of has, has essentially been looking at this as, as the start of the season, even though it's a few games in this time, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree. It's it's last season with the game being in week one, it felt like all of the anticipation, all of the hype of the season was then toppled on with the, the addition to the Notre Dame game. You know, it's, it's an exciting start to the season for both fan bases because it was a top 10 matchup. Actually, I think it was a top five matchup at the time. Um, right. And that was that in itself is exciting. Now you kind of have a little bit of buildup. You know, both teams have certain expectations for what they've put on film and what they've shown fans so far. So it's a different way to approach the game this time around, but I still think that excitement is at an all-time high. A lot of talk on this end about what the stadium is going to look like Saturday night. Is it going to be a sea of red? We've seen that a few times here historically, going back to Nebraska in 2000, Georgia in 2017. There was Cincinnati was not as strong as as either one of those two fan bases turning out. Are, are you expecting a, a a very large turnout from Ohio State this weekend here in South Bend? 
I would think so. I mean, there always is for Ohio State's road game because, you know, sort of the trademark of Ohio State or its nickname is Buckeye Nation, right? There's Ohio State fans Mm -hmm. everywhere. Um, That includes South Bend. And I think that because the distance between Columbus and South Bend is manageable for people to drive maybe in a day, maybe do a stay over on Saturday night and leave and come back on Sunday morning, that a good contingent of Ohio State fans will be at the game. Um, I know that with the green out happening, that there's going to be an an extra incentive for Ohio State fans to sort of group together and maybe wear a certain color. Scarlet's probably the one that that they would wear because that cuts through that green, right? So Mm -hmm. I I think that Ohio State fans may be up to the challenge. It'll just depend on how many were able to get tickets because I know that the system for getting tickets may be a little bit different with Notre Dame than it is here for Ohio State. Um, but I do think that there was an incentive for Ohio State fans to make that trip and then obviously to try and cut through that that green out that Notre Dame may be having. Yeah, and Notre Dame has tried to do, because of some of those past cases that I just mentioned, Notre Dame has tried to do everything they can from a ticketing standpoint to make it as difficult as possible. But you know how the secondary ticket market works. I'll, I'll be really curious to see how far that actually goes. Yeah, it's it's something where, again, we talked about coming into this. It's such a highly anticipated matchup that it seems like really for Ohio State fans, if we look at their schedule, it's one of the biggest games on the schedule. Uh, you have Notre Dame, you have the Wisconsin, which will be a road game in Madison. You have a home game against Penn State, and then you have the Michigan game up in Ann Arbor. So this really is the most, I, I guess it's the the most anticipated matchup, obviously, this early in the season but it's also one outside of the Penn state game, which will be at home that could probably be the most attainable for people to travel to and for tickets to be somewhat affordable. Uh, you know, you know, there's probably not going to be many Ohio state fans that'll make that trip to Madison. And then obviously the, the trip to Ann Arbor, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity, right? Those tickets are, right. if somebody has it, they're, they're holding on to it. They're probably not selling it. So this is an opportunity I think for Ohio state fans to see a marquee game, for a relatively decent price while also being able to travel uh, a short distance to be able to, to watch the Buckeyes. Yeah. Don't have to worry about airfare and that kind of stuff. Obviously yeah. they're actually in Ohio. So we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The game Notre Dame fans have been waiting for all season is here as the Fighting Irish get ready to play the Ohio State Buckeyes. And if you're still looking for tickets to this titanic battle, game time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. 
Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Well, let's talk about some specifics, some personnel in this game. The last time we talked, it was uh, Kyle McCord and, and Devin Brown. That you know they were kind of trying to figure out who was going to be the quarterback. It obviously turned out to be McCord. He has started all three games, and this will be his fifth career start coming in here this week. And how would you describe what you've seen from him through these first three games? It's been a progression. And I think that Ryan Day had some comments about that today in his press conference that Kyle McCord has grown in each opportunity that he's taken the field for Ohio State. Um, the Indiana game was rough. You know, he, he didn't complete a lot of passes that he probably should have. It didn't seem like he was able to extend the field by throwing over the top of the defense. And then, you know, Youngstown State comes around where he's able to perform well, but in a short sample size because Ohio State was still experimenting with that two quarterback system between McCord and Brown. But now as he faces Western Kentucky this past weekend, he's QB1. He's the guy that Ohio State turned to for all of its first team reps, and he performed really well. 19 of 23, 318 yards, three touchdowns. He didn't have to work too hard to hit Marvin Harrison Jr. on that 75-yard go route. He was pretty <laughs> wide open. Um, but there were a couple of really nice throws. He had some good uh, had some good decision-making when it came to throwing the ball to Emeka Buka a couple of times. He hit Kate Stover on some really nice curl routes, some nice uh, crossing routes as well. It seemed like Kyle McCord, just as time has gone on, has gotten more comfortable. But again, that's happening against Indiana, against Youngstown State, against Western Kentucky not against an opponent, the caliber of Notre Dame. So I'll be very curious to see how he enters into this road environment, going up against a top 10 team, a formidable defense. Uh, there's obviously going to be first-year jitters. There's going to be some first-year bumps and bruises maybe along the way, but uh, establishing the run will be huge for Ohio State for getting Kyle McCord comfortable so that he can work off the play action. He really thrives off of that. Um, that style of play. He thrives off of getting the ball to his receivers in open space. So I think Ohio State's really going to try and lean on the run and allow Kyle McCord to get comfortable that way. How, you know, I think we talked last year about C.J. Stroud and the start of C.J. Stroud's career. It wasn't necessarily all roses. There were some bumps in the road for, for him early on. And obviously over time it worked out. I think it always helps when you have all those NFL caliber receivers around you. But, right. but, 
is there anything like is there a comparison to to the way Stroud's career started and and what you've seen from McCord so far or is it completely different I think so I think it's just trust right like Ryan Day has to trust that his quarterback can make the routine plays routinely that's a buzzword that or a buzz phrase maybe we'll call it that Ryan Day uses all of the time it's his quarterback needs to make the routine plays routinely they need to take care of the football uh, and Kyle McCord has done that so far, um, or at least as time has gone on. Uh, Indiana, maybe not so much. You know, Youngstown State, there is a couple of bumps in the road. But Western Kentucky really showed that what the defense is going to give him, he will take. And I think that what helps him, as you mentioned, having Marvin Harrison Jr., having Emeka Ibuka, Julian Fleming, even the development of guys like Xavier Johnson, freshman Carnell Tate, Kate Stover, out of the backfield, Travion Henderson and Chip Trainum. You know, the Ohio State just has weapons around him that they will use and that they will try and find ways to get the balls in their hand, uh, in their hands. And I think that that is something that has helped McCord as time has gone on is just being able to see the weapons around him. Very similar to how C.J. Stroud was able to lean on Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, guys like that. It's just you know, you just got to let these guys make plays. You don't need to do anything that's extraordinary. You don't need to do anything that's going to maybe get you on sports center top 10. It's just deliver the ball to them in space and let them go to work. And I think that the more he adopts that mindset, the more successful he'll become. Because of the, he's got one interception, but because of the, the, the competition that you mentioned that he's played so far, it doesn't seem like he's made any fatal mistakes. Does, does it feel like not necessarily bubble wrap, but does it feel at the same time like they've tried to protect him as much as possible? I think so. You know, the the one interception did happen on sort of a an awkward play, I guess, where they were on, on fourth and short. They were in a play action play where the ball was designed to go to chip train them coming out of the backfield. And then Indiana defender made a really nice play to sort of chip, chip, uh, for pun intended. Um, you know, got him out of the play. And then Kyle McCord on fourth down just needs to make something happen. He does sort of a, 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 it makes a bad decision by throwing across his body into the middle of the field. Indiana intercepts the ball. But in that instance, he didn't settle by taking a sack or just tried to make a play. Um, but outside of that, it seems like he is, his decision-making has been a sound in a lot of instances, just getting the ball where, again, the defense has allowed him to get the ball. Whatever the defense is offering him, I think that Kyle McCord has done a really nice job over the past couple of weeks of just, you know, delivering the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. in space, sure. delivering the ball to Emeka Ibuka in space, and just letting those guys work, just getting them an opportunity to catch the pass and then gain a couple of extra yards and keep those chains moving. You mentioned Devin Brown and that sort of experiment, I guess. Is that completely a thing of – you know, is that in their past now? Like, do you expect any Devin Brown this Saturday night? I don't think so. Um, you know, Ohio State, they named Kyle McCord their definitive full-time starter. And I think that decision was made before the Western Kentucky game for the purpose of getting Kyle McCord ready for this Notre Dame game. Um, to sort of allow Kyle McCord this past weekend to stop looking over his shoulder, to stop worrying about whether or not this will be his last possession before Devin Brown comes in the game. Uh, I think what they really need, and I think what Ohio State wants to do, is establish the run, get Kyle McCord in a rhythm, and then go from there. You know, to, to take Kyle McCord out of his rhythm by inserting Devin Brown at any point 
could really inhibit what Ohio State wants to do offensively. And I think you you saw that almost with Ohio State's first two results when they were operating out of that two quarterback system. You know, they only scored 23 points against Indiana. They scored 35 points against Youngstown State. They come out with one quarterback with Kyle McCord in week three against Western Kentucky and score 63 points. You know, that that is an incredible achievement um, by any stretch but also just by the fact that Ohio State was operating sort of in this disjointed, this clunky system offensively out of the first two weeks, and then they really exploded in week three um, against Western Kentucky. Offensive line was probably the biggest concern coming out of the spring. They lost three starters from last year's team. Um, How do you think they've looked so far? I've heard kind of maybe people – Maybe not as impressive. The first couple games looked better against Western Kentucky last week. How would you evaluate it? From my perspective, I think the pass, uh, the pass blocking has been decent. Uh, the run blocking is where Ohio State really needs to improve. Um, Ohio State recruits very big, very tall, somewhat stiff offensive linemen, it, it seems. And the reason I say that is because they are all very talented when it comes to defending the pass, the pass rush, Um, which makes sense considering how much Ohio State wants to pass the ball and how much Ryan Day wants his quarterbacks to operate out of the pocket. Um, But when it comes to getting those guys moving, specifically when it comes to, you know, Ohio State really relies on this stretch run concept, Um, not so much the the gap blocking of, of having a running back push through the middle of the offensive line. They want Travion Henderson and Chip Traynham and mine Williams to get outside the tackle to really stretch the defense that way. So that then they can work the pass game in and, and for those tall, those heavy offensive linemen to get them moving sideways, to get them moving off of their initial blockers to the second level has been a challenge. Now I think that against Western Kentucky, they improved a little bit in that area but you kind of have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because Western Kentucky's rush defense at the time was ranking below. I believe it was around 115 to 120 range nationally um, after getting torched by USF and then Houston Christian in those first two weeks. So, uh, you know, going up against Notre Dame's front will be a, a, a totally different kind of challenge. Um, I think they'll probably hold up fine in the pass rush and, and, and blocking for the pass. But when it really comes to establishing the run, you know, that's the key, right? That's the key for Ohio yeah. State opening up the pass game. They're going to really need to rely on Travion Henderson and Chip Trainum and that, that running back room to, to get three or four yards a carry each time so that, that they can open up opportunities for Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka. And that starts with the offensive line getting that push up front. I mean, is this, when you look at this matchup, this weekend, is this the, the the biggest question concern you think that they have going into this game? I would agree. Yeah, I would I would say so. You know, Ohio State's defense has looked really good so far. Um, I think the biggest question with the defense was how would they defend against the pass attack, um, the level of Western Kentucky, and they proved themselves worthy last week with how they defended Austin Reed and Malachi Corley and that whole group of receivers. Um, you know, there is a, a threat that Sam Hartman and the Notre Dame receivers possess. Absolutely. Like Notre Dame, you, they will not overlook how talented the Irish are in, in that area of the game. Um, 
But in terms of how the defense has responded to those questions so far this season, I would say that most Ohio State fans feel at least somewhat comfortable going into this game. But with the offensive line, I feel like most of the fan base is still wondering, do they have it? Is the chemistry all there? Is the five offensive linemen that they're using the most talented or the five offensive linemen that they're using uh, able to defend Notre Dame's rush, uh, not only in the past, but also, as we just talked about, in the run game? Are they going to be able to push and get the running backs an opportunity to gain three or four yards a carry and to keep the chains moving? I would say that the offensive line right now um, has improved each week, similar to Kyle McCord, but you know, this, this is going to be their most significant test yet. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same for Notre Dame, even though I don't know. You know first half of central Michigan last week, there were, there were some questions. Things worked out. Okay. In the second half, uh, you, you kind of led me into what I was going to ask about next. And that is the defense with, with Jim Knowles going into his, or in his second year now as defensive coordinator. And again, you know, they've looked good against the teams that they've played so far. When we talked in the spring, you talked about they've got to be better in the matchup games. In other words, the mm-hmm. the, the bigger competition matchup type games. And so I guess how much do you expect to, to find out about that side of the ball in this specific matchup with Notre Dame? A lot. You know, it's Notre Dame's offensive line. I think I just saw that Joel um, was named in the Outland player of the week for his performance against central Michigan. Uh, Ohio state hasn't faced an offensive lineman like that. Um, And Notre Dame's got a whole bunch of them. Right. So I think that Ohio state's production specifically on the defensive line has been lacking a little bit in the first three weeks. A lot of people were pointing out that JT Tuimoloau and Jack Sawyer didn't have a sack in the first two weeks, which was primarily brushed off by many of the people inside the Woody Hayes athletic center inside the Ohio state program. Um, primarily because Indiana and Youngstown State didn't throw the ball very much. Um, But then Western Kentucky comes around, throws the ball a bunch. Still, those guys don't have sacks. But now at least we have some record of, okay, they got a couple of quarterback pressures. Tui Moloow and Sawyer combined for 13 quarterback pressures against Western Kentucky. Tyleek Williams got a sack in the backfield. Mike Hall got a tackle for loss. So some of the production, you started to see it against a team that was actually willing to throw the ball and maybe a team that, you know, we might categorize as Western Kentucky wasn't at least trying to lose uh, close. They were trying to win in many instances, which allowed them to to be a little bit more aggressive and allowed Ohio State's defensive ends to generate a little bit more pressure. Um, so I think that what I, what I would like to see and what a lot of people will be looking forward to seeing from Ohio State's defensive line is just, will Sam Hartman operate out of a comfortable pocket the entire game, right? Will there be opportunities where Tui Moloow or Sawyer, uh, Tyler Williams and Mike Hall, are they getting in the backfield and at least creating pressure? Sacks may be an overblown stat when it comes to how disruptive a defensive line can be, but will Sam Hartman be uncomfortable? You know, will he be maybe a little bit uh, nervous in the pocket when he sees number 44 coming around the corner or, sees Jack Sawyer in his face as he's trying to complete a pass to one of his receivers. That's going to be huge for Ohio State. And then also with just stopping the run game in many instances, Estime is a very talented running back. Um, So making him uncomfortable as well, once he receives a handoff from Hartman or receives a pitch or whatever, just getting into the backfield and making them uncomfortable, uh, you know, keeping Notre Dame's offense 
you know, making them sustain long drives to score, I think is what Ohio State ultimately wants to achieve is knowing that you're not going to hold Notre Dame to zero points. But when they do get points, having your defensive line generate enough disruption, enough uncomfortability that these these drives that result in three or seven points take a long time and that Notre Dame is uncomfortable the entire time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's funny because I think when you look at these teams, they're, they're kind of mirrors on both sides of the ball in terms of what the questions are because Notre Dame does have yeah. some questions with its offensive line and and the flip side, the, the pass rush is the same thing. They haven't generated a lot of sacks so far, but they're number one in the country in pass efficiency defense right now. So there's, right. and it's the same, the same thing that, you know, how much Marcus Freeman was talking about it yesterday. How, you know, he's, he said he would take the number one pass efficiency. I, I, I think that, that, uh, you know, probably quietly, he would take a few more sacks here and there as well, some pressures. Right. Right. You want game changing plays. Yeah. Like you, right. you want your star players to, to, have opportunities to alter games by sacks, by forced fumbles, exactly. tackles for loss, whether it's your defensive backs or your, yeah, your, your linebackers, whoever getting some pass breakups, you want plays that get your defense going, that lift the energy and the spirits of your team. Um, but as we know, that's, that's just one facet of the game. As Freeman was talking about uh, in his press conference, you know, being efficient as a defense maybe doesn't always result in, in numbers that show up in the box score. Uh, it could also just be a matter of how uncomfortable are you making an offense as they're trying to drive down the field and score on your defense. And I think you're right in saying that Freeman and Ryan Day and Jim Knowles have a very similar philosophy in that way. You know, you understand that in a top 10 matchup, it's going to be a dogfight for four quarters. It's going to be a matter of how disruptive are you, regardless of how many stats show up in the box score when that game is over. It's funny, we were talking before we started about how in the past Marcus Freeman has said some things about his alma mater, Ohio State, that Ohio State fans didn't necessarily take to very well. He uh, he didn't go there with any of the uh, the questions that he had yesterday. Are, are, are Buckeye fans kind of like, do they have scorecards out anytime Marcus Freeman potentially is, is going to talk about Ohio State? Not as much as uh, Desmond Howard. We can say that much. Yeah, that's, um, I think, I think, State I think fans... that's something that the two fan bases can, <laughs> can both agree on. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. Desmond Howard is always on Ohio State fans' radar. Uh, but Marcus Freeman, no. I, th- you know, I think that most Ohio State fans 
understand that he's learning on the job. You know, at this point, he hasn't said anything, you know, that's that's been derogatory or has been, um, you know, has really altered the way that Ohio State fans look at him, right? He hasn't he hasn't done anything to that magnitude. Um, but it may add a little bit of extra juice to the matchup, you know, from some Ohio State fans, you know, well, they'll take anything and run with it. You know, Kirk Herbstreet's talked a lot about that kind of fan base here in Ohio State, right? With the 15 percenters, the, you know, the <laughs> yeah. bunch of Ohio State fans that'll be mad about anything. You know, they're, they're the fans that are upset about Marcus Freeman's comments right now. I think most fans, though, are kind of in the perspective that, you know, it's going to be a good game on Saturday and that no matter the result that, you know, Marcus Freeman's still a Buckeye. He's still somebody that gave his blood, sweat, and tears to Ohio State for a couple of years playing under Jim Tressel, and that'll always be important, and that they understand that Marcus Freeman still loves and uh, thinks fondly of that time. Lorenzo Styles, of course, transferred from here to there after the spring. It doesn't look like he's played so far. I, I assume we're probably not expecting to see him Saturday. I don't think so. You know, we're, we've been kind of wondering the same thing, the, the media contingent here about what Ohio State plans to do with him. Um, you know, he made that switch from wide receiver to cornerback and he seems to be developing well from all the conversations that we've had about him with the secondary coach, Tim Walton and with Jim Knowles and Ryan day. But right now it seems like he's specifically doing special teams, um, activities, being on special teams units, um, whether or not he'll surpass that four game limit for a red shirt. That's something that's still to be decided. Uh, I think that that's probably the direction that Ohio State's heading with him, just to give him some extra time to develop at corner after making that switch. Um, though that's kind of just my interpretation of the events that are currently playing out. I wouldn't say that that's anything official, um, but ultimately I wouldn't say that you should expect to see Lorenzo Styles on Saturday. I think that Ohio State's pretty content with running Denzel Burke, Davison Ingbenosin, Jordan Hancock, and Jair Brown out of that cornerback room for right now. All right. Sounds good. Chase Brown, 11warriors.com. Getting ready for Notre Dame and Ohio State. Hey, thanks again, Chase. Great stuff as always. It's always great talking to you. And, you know, like I said, maybe uh, maybe they schedule another series down the line or they, they play in the playoff at, at some yeah. point. We'll talk again soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.